Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Purchase Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I first want to apologize because I keep saying, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. But I still keep procrastinating and waiting to the last minute to put the information out. So some of you are probably just getting this information as I am posting. So if I'm looking down, it's not like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just looking down because I'm posting and I got grandkids texting me all at the same time. So I'm wondering why her butt is not in school, but that's a whole other story. So today I want to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. And many of you, some of you may know, and I've started to post some of his friends, but I post on a post, but let individuals know, today is the two-year anniversary of the transition of Mr. Byron Lewis. Some of you call him a rhino, grew up on the west side, lived in Compton. But I remember getting a call at 5 o'clock in the morning that we lost him and he passed of a heart attack. And I was like, wow. Now, part of that in doing this show, I wanted to share information with individuals because many individuals are not aware of how stress and grief can go hand in hand and how it can impact a person's life. I used to say to him, because I know he carried and grieved differently because he always felt responsible for the passing of his mother because he wasn't there and he felt he felt her as a son, which no matter what nobody said to him, it really didn't matter because he did not grieve properly the death of his mother. And I truly miss Miss Betty May Harvest because that was my girl. She really was. As a matter of fact, I've been knowing that woman since I was 14 years old. And I'll never forget <laughs> when he told me, my mama said, I bet not mistreat you because she'll haunt me in, in her grave or haunt me if I ever did anything. So he tried his best to do right by me. But by that same token, I think she and I had a much stronger relationship. So I have a whole lot of funny stories to tell about Miss Zettie Mae Harvest. But when we talk about stress, which is what I want to share with you, there's two different types of stress. There's good stress and there's bad stress. The good stress could be one where we are preparing for a wedding, graduation, a promotion, but yet some individuals still may grieve the loss of a job or a position, or they may grieve their health. The good stress could also be expecting a child, okay? A good stress could be, so there's a lot of good stressors out there, graduations, celebrations, you know, preparing for all of this stuff, weddings, all of that is good stress. And then we got bad stress a death, a loss of a job, dealing with finances, dealing with a, a, a lot mental health can cause a lot of stressors. So I want to, and I will be sharing information as it relates to that. But like I said, at the same time, I'm still trying to post stuff. So if you want to join in on the conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because I want to hear your thoughts. I do. I'm going to call one of my friends, my childhood friends. I know she's going to be like, Jeanette, why you wait to the last?
information with me, but I'm calling her anyway because that is just what I do. So let me give her a call. Yeah. I know she's probably going to fuss at me, but oh well. I'm used to getting fussed at. Let me see if she answers the phone. And again, if you want to join in on the conversation, give me a call because I'm going to be sharing some real good information of what to do in any situation and how to reduce your stressors. She may not even answer the phone. She's answering the phone. Okay. I know she knows my number. You know what? I can't blame it on the Welcome longer. to Verizon Wireless. Uh, Your call cannot... Uh-oh. Can't call her because it didn't go through. Okay. So when we start talking about these, this topic, and as it relates to talking about what stress and in regards to what are stress and the stages of grief, as well as how stress affects your body. Because many individuals lost a lot of people when COVID hit. COVID made us deal with some situations that we really wasn't ready to deal with. COVID also took going to funerals to a different level because many individuals weren't able to attend certain services. I remember when my friend Xavier passed away, we were only able to have 10 people at his funeral. And I'm like, this man knew way more than 10 people. How are you going to just tell 10 people that they can come to a funeral? That don't even make any sense. But that's what was happening. And some individuals were upset. They didn't felt that they didn't grieve properly. And some individuals, because they really don't did not understand the process of grief, which has to do with the denial, the anger, bargaining, the acceptance, the guilt, and the hope, we go through different stages of grief. And what also plays a role with the grief process is the type of relationship you have with the individuals. I remember talking to someone recently, and they were talking about they lost their best friend, and this is the first death that they ever had to deal with. And my take on that was, you're lucky, because many individuals have experienced numerous deaths or transitions, and it depends on how you process it and the relationship that you've had, whether it's the death of a child, the death of a spouse, the death of a parent, which I've experienced with both of my parents, the death of losing my, losing my grandparents. That was a lot. Losing a pet, an animal. And just when you compile that with what you're already dealing with on a day-to-day basis, I tell individuals, losing my mother was one of the hardest things for me. Because, I mean, I, I didn't think she was going to live forever. I knew that. And she passed away from cancer at the age of 59. But by that same token, that was really rough. Okay, I got a caller calling in. Let me see what this person got to say. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Business. Welcome. How are you doing? Number is in the 690. Oh, this is Sean, Jeanette, and me and Sean. You know what? <laughs> I wasn't able to leave you a message. And I waited to the last minute to put this out. 
but I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. And I was telling my daughter, because I was talking over the weekend, I said, you know what, I'm too tired to walk down the street, but they look like they just having so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God, I did. I, I, I didn't have a blast. I, I, I started having a good time last Wednesday. I, I don't tell. know what, and I, and I, and I needed it, Jeanette. I am not gonna lie to you. I know. Yeah, I, I, I know. Already, Why did we are ready because spoke. you know I was on the street. At least I don't think you knew I was down the street. But I started to just walk down there. I said, "But you know what, Lord? I'm so tired. I need some rest. I gotta get some sleep. I, I just can't." But I, I'm glad you're doing that. I, I really am. So I mm-hmm. meant to call you and tell you that. I am so glad because you have a different glow. Now, you you really have a different. Uh, do I? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good to hear. That's good to hear because <laughs> I know I told I think I told you right that I I told a couple of people that it's been a, a, a month I must say of really really I think the uh, sadness about losing my mom and I know it's been almost three years but for some reason. You, you know, it had me down, mm-hmm. but not down where I, I was depressed, just kind of sad. Yeah, you know that. I, I told you that. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the stages of grief, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the acceptance, mm-hmm. the guilt, the hope. And sometimes, and the guilt doesn't mean that it's justified. It doesn't mean that it's realistic. Sometimes we go back to, I should have did this, or we could have done that, or, you know, I was just saying today because today is actually the two-year anniversary of Byron's passing. And oh, is it? Mm-hmm. He actually died September the 25th, two years ago. And the sad part about it, Sean, and I was thinking about this as I was putting the show together, a lot of his grief, because he wasn't here when his mom passed, he always felt guilty. He dealt with a lot of stress. He always felt that he failed her as a son. And because he did not grieve, and it's crazy because I recorded his mother's funeral, but do you know he never watched it? He never saw the video. Wow. Never. never. And even before he passed, and he had had a stroke first, and he called me, Jeanette, what was the day of my mother's funeral? What was the day she passed? It was like he forgot all of that. And he was dealing with so much stress till that stress is what actually killed him. It's the stress. Hmm. He didn't process yeah. the grief. He really didn't. So when we yeah, talk about... No, I'll be telling them that stress always kills. That that be the main thing to kill everybody when they got cancer, when they're going through something, when they got problems. It don't even be the situation. It be the stress. Mhm. That's true. That's true. Now, who am I talking with? Because the voice sounds familiar. It's Penny, Jeanette. Oh, Penny, how you doing, Penny? <laughs> I'm Penny, it is so nice <laughs> to hear your voice, and I'm glad you're joining us because. That is true, Penny, because a lot of us, we weren't taught how to deal with stressors. We thought, oh, that's just life. Oh, I ain't going to worry about that. Oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, and we never paid any attention 
to how stress impacts our body, how stress will have us reacting and acting and saying certain things. We minimized it because we didn't Mm -hmm. know any. We didn't know any better. So thank you for joining, Penny. I appreciate you calling in and being there with Shama. But what is your take on that when we start talking about the stress and the grief? Because some people don't even put the two together. No, they don't. They don't put it together. I mean, my mom been gone since 2014. And mm-hmm. I tell people a lot of times, um, when I'm not there mentally, it, 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 it still hurts. It hurts, you know. Um, I grieved hard when my mom left. I grieved very hard. Like, I turned into a different person. And I feel like I haven't been the same since. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lot I can't deal with. I can't deal with a lot. I can't deal with drama, arguments, people with attitudes. I can't, uh, I don't uh, surround myself with that because it triggers mm-hmm. me. And my trigger is mm-hmm. my mom. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what, Penny, it's interesting because I, knowing, because we all grew up together, we all lived on the same street, right. so I know about my parents. Right. I'm thinking also the stress of when your father passed, Mr. Polidor. Yeah. That yeah. hit your family to where it's like, okay, what we going to do? Our, our rock is gone. Mr. Polidor held right. the family down for years. Mr. Polidor was the man on the street. And when he passed, even my own mama didn't know what to do because she was so used to depending on Mr. Polidor for stuff. And that also leads to a lot of stress because people don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And I'm going to say in that case, when when my dad passed, it hurt me. It hurt us all really bad. But Mm -hmm. just to us being there for my mom during that time, I don't know. It made his death made us stronger. It definitely made us stronger because we had to be strong for her. So it was like, oh, my dad and my mom was there for us. Like, oh, we done lost, you know, our matriarch of the family. Like, oh, my God. So I had my mom there to help me with that. I had my mom. But when both of them was gone, it's like, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I have? That was my first brothers and my sisters, but I... I, I felt lost. I couldn't I couldn't grab to what I needed to grab, and I still haven't grabbed it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a battle. It's like an everyday battle for me. And I mm-hmm. just try to, listen, I try to make myself as happy as I can. You know, I mm-hmm. suffer with anxiety a lot. So I paint, I color, I do crosswords, or I get out of the house because my anxiety mm-hmm. is not in the norm. Mm-hmm. And you and know what, Petey, that's why I do the radio show, because it gives me the opportunity to talk about my mother. It gives me the opportunity to share with individuals to help them to go through some things that they never really looked at it from a different perspective. That's why I do what I do. It, all, it ain't for money. It ain't for fame. It ain't for, it's to try to help another person get through it. Because the more you talk about it, the more you share, you have no idea 
how you may be impacting or helping another person. When I when when my wow. mother when my mother passed, it was difficult. It was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And the one thing mm-hmm. I is, I don't want to leave Carter as your only parent because she she knew my father was not very responsible. But then he didn't know mm-hmm. what to do, so he tried to do the very best he could. That's that's all I can say. He tried to do the best he could. Then when he mm-hmm. was murdered. It was like, oh, dang, I'm an orphan. I don't have no parents. You know, both my parents are gone. And it was a challenge, but that's a part of life. So I knew I couldn't stress And sometimes with that stress comes the fightings amongst siblings, you know, the different things that you go through. And sometimes we add more stress than what what, what really needs to be necessary. And we don't even think about that because we start projecting things onto other people without even realizing that it's a form of projection. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because when you are arguing and and dealing with your siblings and dealing with, it's a whole other form of stress that's not even necessary. And sometimes we don't even realize that until it's too late. I'll never forget, I'll use... um, Vince and them as an example. I remember when Vince's the mother was in the hospital, my mother called me and said, Jeanette, you need to get down here. I said, why? She said, because Vincent and the sisters them fighting in the hospital and somebody just got arrested. I said, oh, my God, Pope Vincent. You know, because they didn't know how to process yeah. their mother's illness. And then if, and look at Bruno. They, they're still a hot mess because they He sure is. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to grieve. Now, they lost their father years ago, but their mama was still their wow. rock. They didn't fight like that. At least I don't remember them fighting like that when they when Mr. Earl died, when the daddy died. But when the mama died, all hell broke out. Mm-hmm. It was like the world is going on. You know, and that was because we weren't taught how to grieve properly. We wasn't taught that you don't have to cry. You don't have to be sad. You can be okay. Nobody taught us these things or told us these things. And you guys know growing up in our neighborhood, we lost a lot of people and have been losing yes, a lot yes. of people for years, for years. Yes. We've been dealing with death as well as stress. We just didn't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talking about these things, and I, I'm looking at some stuff, and it says, what does grief and stress do to the body? In addition to psychological symptoms, we know some people slip into depression, some people slip into anxiety, but grief can cause sleep problems, chest pain, gastrointestinal mm-hmm. issues, and in some cases, grief can increase the risk of heart attack, and suicide, we got to learn how to give ourselves when grieving. Give yourself a break. Yesterday I went to the casino. I said, you know what, I'm going to the casino. I'm going to listen to some music. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to have me a good time. You know, because I don't want to be sitting up here talking about, oh, being sad, oh, worried about da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I didn't want to do that. But you got to give yourself some grace. And remember, you're human. 
Don't do what you, right. other, what you think other people expect for you to do. You do what you want to do. You do what works best for you. Penny, what's your take on that? When you can just be you. What's your take I, on I that, Penny? I think that's the best. I, I think that's the best thing to do is just be you because that's what I do with me. I be me. I be mm-hmm. me. I don't care what anybody thinks or who wants to hang with me or who's doing what. I just be me, and I enjoy mm-hmm. me. I have to. I'm 53 years old. I don't have time to sit here and care about other things and what people think of me and Oh, I need you to have fun with. Sometimes you just get up and you go. If I was driving, I would always be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know I'm what, not a person, I'm not a hey, you know what? I give you credit, girl, because you make it happen. I be seeing you at places. I be <laughs> going with your baby, Penny. <laughs> hey, go ask, oh, access. I'm there. And Sean knows if you invite me to something, you ask me to be somewhere, I will do my best to do it. And I'll be home uh-huh. sometimes. Dr. Writers and Lupus be kicking my butt, but I don't let it stop me from going and doing what the heck I want to do. I'm not going no, to do that don't. too much. You, so that, you, you, you do make it that. You get you get what you got to get to. And, and I know how much pain you've been. I don't know sometimes how you do it. That's what Dude, I'm saying. Be, Even the pain. To be honest with you, when I was down there, when I was down there this weekend, I came down mm-hmm. to celebrate Joyce's birthday. That's who I was mm-hmm. with. I okay. saw the Vegas buffet. Girl, why don't we get to the Vegas buffet and the place that closed down, had been gone for three months. I'm pulling all on the door. I'm bad as heck because I'm trying to get in there because I'm like, I know this restaurant ain't closed down. So then we went to Atlanta. We went to Softer. And when I was sharing it with individuals, because I know how I was with their family when I was a kid, but she and I have a different relationship now to where when I'm doing something, she'll call me, she'll text me when I'm in the neighborhood. That's the, that's the least I can do is acknowledge your birthday. And that's what I did. That's why I was down there to celebrate her birthday with her. And today is actually her birthday. And I feel good Joyce confused with Annie. I forget which one is which. <laughs> because I remember there were two oh, wow. I, I forgot. I just remember Rosie. Because remember that time when I was throwing them grapefruits and onions at Rosie and Rosie came back with a bottle and threw that brick through my mama picture window? Ooh, gee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gee, was I, don't, I don't remember that. How long ago was that? Ooh, that was a long time oh, ago. Oh, that was a long time ago. I was torturing that girl, and I'm throwing rocks. I'm not throwing grapefruits and onions at her. That girl went to the store. I'm standing there waiting on her to come back, and I'm standing there with my little onions and grapefruits. Girl, that girl had a busted bottle. I tried. She can't charge me. I ran in my in the back. I was already in the backyard. I tried to go in. I locked myself out the house. Went over to Reeve House. I'm watching her get a brick. I'm in Weeby's house, and she went right to the front yard and threw a brick to the picture. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And you were a lot of the bad Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was one of those kids when I was growing up. People find that hard to believe, but I'll be like, yeah, I, I did that. 
So, Penny, when we talk about <laughs> when we talk about stress and talking about what stress does to the body, it's natural to feel anxious or worried about what might happen next. There's nothing wrong with that. Or even to worry or we might lose someone else in the future. A lot of times that's what happens. But the period before and after someone dies is also very stressful. But you've got to be aware. Don't deny it. Don't self-medicate. I think that's what happened to a lot of individuals in our um, neighborhood, Sean, is they self-medicated uh-huh. with drugs, alcohol, with fighting because we uh-huh. didn't know how to handle our emotions. That makes your situation worse. It doesn't make it any better. Yeah. What's your second? Alicia, can you get the door? Somebody at the door. I hear something. Yeah, you know, like it. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, a, a, a lot of us tend to, I don't think we sometimes don't take it as serious as we should. You know, so mm-hmm. you do all these different things. You take all these different things that don't, it's just really not for that specific problem. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you try to just, we're just trying to go on with our life, you know, the way it mm-hmm. is. Cause, uh, to be honest, we was raised to um, to not know that you know stress and that you can get some help for it. We mm-hmm. we none of us didn't do that. We we wasn't mm-hmm. taught that way. So if you know it's it's new. It's new. Mm-hmm. Now well, you know, most people that part right there. That part right there, Sean, because we wasn't taught how to go get help. We mm-hmm. wasn't taught that you can go talk to somebody. We wasn't taught because, how to our emotions. We weren't taught mm-hmm, that. Our, our, the, the generations before us, they didn't do that. Everything was closed, mouth hush hush. Right. Correct. All, Correct. Then, all those prior generations, they didn't do therapy. Well, at least, let's, let's, let's correct that. In our community, and, you know, let's, let's be honest, in better communities and you know, better areas, they've always gotten therapy. We just didn't. Mm-hmm. We wasn't taught that way. But that we, you know, we wasn't molded that way. Where, you know, they would, what should we say, raised and, you know, that's, that's not what our parents did and our grandparents, none of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're that's right. not what they did. Because, you know what, I watched my mother change more when my grandfather died than when my grandmother died. And my grandfather died first. And when my grandfather died, it also changed my grandmother because I watched her. But I also watched my grandmother when my uncles were murdered because both of them died at age 25. And I was 10 years old when James was killed. And you guys remember the history between my family and the people on Anzac. That was a hot mess. My mother didn't know how to bring my mother. Jean was ready to kill the world when her brother was killed. She was mad as hell. And it took that anger and that rage, and we were kids, and we didn't know. We we didn't know. I didn't know. So I want to share some information as it relates to seven ways to release grief from the body. Go ahead and cry. If you want to cry, cry. I laugh. I, I find humor in things. 
try a meditation. Some people meditate. Take your your feet on a grief walk. Some people you can exercise, you can walk. Shift grief to the surface of your body. You could either write, they call it rewrite and burn. You know, if you're angry about something, you can write it down, call it up or tear it up. You know, because a lot of times we don't process that anger part. Anger is not a bad thing when we're grieving, but it's you make sure you don't take it out on somebody else as you're processing it. You can create and tend memorial gardens or grow something, plant something. My mother wanted me to start a scholarship fund for children that was not able to, let's say, play football or basketball or whatever is what she wanted me to do. But I went beyond that. If I find somebody in a community or know somebody in a community and their kids are playing sports and they don't have the money to pay for it, if they tell me, I don't mind being for it, I don't have a problem with it because my mother told me to do that. So I don't have a problem with that. What I did do was I started a company. I do therapy. I talk about things, and I'm able to share some of her wisdom because I didn't realize how my mother played a part in practically everybody's life in that neighborhood. I didn't know that until I got grown because I thought she was crazy. So <laughs> she got on my nerves. <laughs> oh. People saw her differently. They saw her differently than me and my sister saw her because we couldn't wait to get away from her. But the thing is, that was because we was under a lot of stress with her. She was stressing the tail out. So another thing is embody your grief in mindful movements. It's one of the things that they talk about. Sean, what is your take on that, on some of the things that I just said? Say that last part one more time. It talks about embody yourself in the um, in the grief in regards to and mindful movement, you know, doing things that's going to help you to process it and not hold it in. Because a lot of times we hold things in. I am very honest when it comes to my relationship with my mother and my feelings and stuff like that. I don't girl, I don't candy coat, mm-hmm. I don't sugar coat, I don't do any of that. Because a lot of times people think you know what? about the good things. You don't only have to talk about the good things. You can talk about the bad things, too. Right. But, you know, I think I was always, I was always verbal that way when it came to me and Sue. Which, you know, uh, you couldn't help but be because, I mean, come on, Sue was a force to be reckoned with. But (laughs) everything else, everything else about me was always precious. Not on purpose, not like in my head I said I just got to keep it all bundled in. It just kind of came along with the program. I was um, raised by such a dominating mother, it seemed like it was almost scared into me that you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't cry, you don't you don't buckle. Anything else, you got to be tough, you got to be rough, you got to be that the dominating. You got to dominate everything, whether it's um, you know everybody around, the um, opposite sex, anything. That's why it's hard for me to have a relationship to this day because mm-hmm. I'm so dominating because it was instilled in me. And and now that 
I mean, it's sad to say, because y'all know I'd rather my mother be here, but it's sad to say that I didn't break down and let that open up that shell until she's gone. So Correct. I, I do, like you said, maybe I am going. I'm going because I'm finally cracking that big shell open and, and letting what's in there come out. It's always been there that I was too always afraid to let go of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some information, Sean, and it says, when is the hardest time to grieve? It says, often the second year is the hardest, and that's when the grief began. Mm-hmm. And this is the time you may be ready to face your grief head on and deal mm-hmm. with any issues that's holding you back that second mm-hmm. year. I was like, wow. See, I'm on 15 with my mother, and two would be with Byron, but even though with Byron, I remember people keep used to ask me, do you feel bad that you didn't go to Byron's funeral? Do you? No, I don't, because I knew it was going to be a mess. I didn't want to be bothered with that. I didn't want to be arguing with his mm-hmm. daughter. I didn't want to be dealing with, because I already knew what Byron wanted. We had already talked about it. I still got the paperwork. I still got, but I wasn't going to be fighting with her and let her project her emotions onto me because she wanted to treat him a certain way. That was her way mm-hmm. of punishing. You can't punish that man for your feelings because she didn't know how to deal with her and process her own feelings of her childhood, but she didn't realize her father loved her. And the only thing Byron asked me to do was, Jeanette, I need for you to set up a trust for my grandkids that she never let him see. That man died and never seen his grandkids. And the sad part about it is... I don't even know their names. I do not know their names. But he asked wow. me to set up a trust because she was trying to get him back. And then when he died, to this day, she still have not called me, not realizing I was the one holding all the cards. <laughs> and I just let her do what she do. I let her do what she what? do because I was not going to mess around and catch a case. That I wasn't going to do. So I said, you know what, Grieve your own way. I had a better understanding of it, and I was okay with it. And I made peace with it. I made peace with all of it. Even talking to his friends. After I get off the state, I'm going to call his friends. We go laugh. We go talk. We go share funny stories. We go, Because I was at peace. I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. Well, yeah, we should have stayed friends, but he wanted more, but he couldn't handle it. And that was stressing him out. Everything was stressing that man out to the point that one time his eyeball, he called me and said, my eyes popped out my head. I'm having surgery. I'm like, let me your eyeballs pop out. He was stressed the hell out. Stressed. Didn't agree probably with him. He went through, a, that man served 25 years in prison to get out and only live barely eight years. You know prison. And, you, and, that, and that happens all the time. That's what's so crazy. All the, it happens all the time. You can't, and, but the problem was he was so angry. He was so stressed out. He let it kill him. And I told him. You letting this kill you. I uh uh-uh. uh. I ain't doing that to me. Nope. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. 
I don't want to be around it. I don't, mm-mm, nope, I'm not doing it. And that was my thing. I, I was not. And I don't feel bad about it. I really don't. Now, I'm looking at some information. Oh, Penny, i got to tell a funny story about about your mama because this girl resonates with me. Now, many thought Miss Polydor, and I say many, thought Miss Polydor mm-hmm. was going to pinch him, okay? Your mama was a cold piece of work. <laughs> I will never forget. Your mama, no, my daughter called me and said, Mom, I said, what? She said, Miss Polydor is walking up and down the street. I said, what do you mean she's walking up and down the street? She said, Miss Polydor is walking down the street. So I called Brenda, and Brenda had attitude the first when I called her. I said, Brenda, your mama walking up and down the street. <laughs> because Tisha told me, why your mama walking down the street and right after your mama started walking down the street, the house get raided? Do you think your mama didn't know that house was about to get raided? She just didn't want to be up in there. Miss Polydor knew. <laughs> I told my daughter, I said, Miss Polydor probably want to call the police. How did Miss Polydor know to get the hell out the house? She was walking <laughs> up and down the street trying to get to Miss Daylock Lamb's house, and the next thing we know, mm-hmm. the police raiding your mama's house, and that ain't went to jail. Why your mama walking them down the street? <laughs> I always laugh right. about that part because that part was so funny to me because she knew. How you know? She was like, I'm getting but the hell out of here. Huh? And, and that's, that's just a, a um, well, I'm a, I, I'll just say some type of instinct, don't you, don't you think? Uh, Tisha was the one that told me. I was in Oceanside. I'm in Oceanside trying to call people because Miss Polidor walking up and down the street. And then here comes the police. Wow. Was she sick by the end, Penny? Yeah. Um, yeah, she was. Yeah, she that's was. What I'm that's what I'm saying. So it had to be instinct. Or right, let's just put it, it just could have been just God, you know. But she didn't need she to be in she right. knew not That's to put in that house. And I didn't know Penny's phone number. So the only person I could call is I didn't know how to get touch with Melody, so the only person I could touch with was Brenda. And Brenda probably thought I was crazy when I was calling Brenda. But I'm calling Brenda because my daughter calling me. She mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to do kids right? And Brenda had to get over there to go get her mom. So these are just some things. We've had so much stuff with our parents you know, dealing with them and learning from them and how they process things. And, and you know, and they dealt with stress differently, too, Sean, the way they handled things. They internalized a lot of it. Because I know my mother would go across the street and talk to Miss Polidor, Mr. Polidor, with me and Boogie and Angel be stressing her out. You know, they had their own little outlet, but they didn't teach us how to handle stress. Or how no. to eliminate? They really didn't. But because I, I feel like they really didn't know. They didn't. I they didn't. Like, I, I, it was. I'm telling you now, because there's so much that go on in the world. All the young, the, you know, put it out there. Young, all this young suicide and and uh, all of these 
school, what do you call them, the school shootings and things like this. Now, now therapy is on the high. It's on the rise, I should say. So mm-hmm. now everybody encourages therapy. Everybody comes yeah, it does work. It works. Son, son, I went to Centennial. They were shooting at Centennial mm-hmm. and constantly. Then you've been fighting and shooting at each other for years. I didn't just know. I know, but, it, but, but it's, come on. Let's be honest, Jeanette. They, don't, they didn't too much care about our, our community. We never did therapy for the shootings and the school shootings that we saw and the drive-by just on the corner house oh. with, with the dirt. How many people that got shooting in front of that house that we ain't never went to therapy mm-hmm. about? What happened to Julie? We didn't know. We didn't know. Now, that leads me to... But in school Mm -hmm. now, they do encourage it. Back then, they didn't. Like I said, in our community, they could have in others, but in ours, they didn't. Correct. Correct. And the thing is, we don't even know because that was so long ago. Now, I'm looking at something Mm -hmm. that says, what are the three C's of grief? Choose. Connect, communicate. Now, that's deep. Choose, connect, communicate. So if you're out there and you just lost a loved one or you're experiencing or you're going through the grief process, choose. Choose what's best for you. Even in your dark bouts of grief, no matter what you're going through, no matter how you feel, you can choose how you process, and your dignity of choice. Because grief can bring out a sense of loss of control. Grief can bring out a whole lot of stuff, but you have a choice. Now, like you said, child, we didn't know what options were available for us. We really didn't. And you can either, like I said, make your choice about what you can attend, join, and what you can't to help reinstate some of that loss of control. And remember that choosing what's best for you may need the input of someone else committed to your well-being. So that's why when people were saying, you know, you didn't feel bad about going to buy a friend? Mm-mm. Because even though Byron's family didn't want to share information with me because they thought I was going to come in and take everything, I didn't need it. Why am I going to fight over his house and his mama's house when I got my own? Why am I going to do when I was the one policies, why would I go be, well, I didn't even have to do all of that. I just sat back and watched. Sat back and watched. They still sent me pictures of him in his casket. They still sent me, I still got it. But I chose not to because I didn't want to engage in the drama that was going on with it. But they didn't want to do it themselves because they got to live with that. They didn't hurt me. They got to live with that. The next one is connect. And the lady that wrote this article, she said, we are wired for connection. And grief, especially during the holidays, intensifies the feelings of loneliness, which can lead to isolation. And it's difficult and important not to remove your other people's lives. I made sure that I surround myself with people. I made sure that even when I was um, dealing with Byron's passing, his friends was calling me, hey, Jeanette, where you at? Hey, Jeanette, you coming? Mm-mm, can't do it. Not going to do it. 
They stayed on the phone with me. I'm talking to them. I'm work, doing because I knew it was going to work for me. But I still stay connected and communicate. When we're grieving, we got to put our needs out there. You got to say to individuals if something is awkward, if it makes you uncomfortable, if it's a lot of times we don't want to say anything. But you got to let them know because some people don't know what to do. They they really don't. They don't. But when I think about it, Sean, we have friends that lost their baby daddies and husbands and boyfriends at a young age. This is not our first rodeo. It's not. I don't know how you processed when Daryl Brown passed away, even though it was your daughter's father. You know, I, I don't. But he's still your daughter's father. You know, no matter how you look at it. What's crazy about that, and, you know, not to be disrespectful, but, you know, I never dealt with him, so I thought, eh, I wouldn't care. I mean, I used to always say that. Literally, I used to always say that. And it's so mean and cruel when I think about what I used to say. I used to, and I used to really say this. I'm, I'm talking about for years. Um, uh, there will be better off dead to Whitney because a lot of her ever dealt with her at all, ever. And you know that's so mean, but when he actually died, I really felt so bad, like, oh, wow. Even though she had no relationship at all, I still felt so bad. Like, you know, he still, he was still her dad regardless. Right. And it was Girl, so, it was so I never had the conversation with you. I never had the conversation with you. But you died I had not seen you in 25 years until I went to his funeral. I hadn't seen that man in 25 years since I had physically seen him. Now, Reggie didn't see him for 22, and that sucker, Lord Jesus, and you know his spirit, it was so bad, uh-huh. he didn't even have his funeral to even carry his basket, and I was doing it. I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I ain't doing it. But I felt bad for him because I thought that day was going to come a long time ago with the life he right. lived. Right. Right. It wasn't my fault. I thought that. We had to make peace with that. And I I went to the service for his sister, Kat, and for my son. But you, was a, you had never even seen his grandkids. So when I'm looking at Ryder and Taina and Buddy and you had no relationship with his grandkids. He missed out on all of that, all of that. And it's sad because they have no Daryl was worse than that, though, Jeanette. Daryl never had a relationship with Whitney, let alone her kids. (laughs) And and, and, and it wasn't because I, I... I didn't even keep her away from him. It just, yeah, it was something. It was something wrong beyond drugs. It had to been something wrong beyond drugs that he didn't even know how. As a grown man, he was more yeah. immature than she was her her whole life. Yeah, and that happens, Sean. That happens because you know what? I'll never forget. My son said to me, "Mom, I wish he would have left me alone. I was better off not knowing that." 
But my son thrived and wanted that relationship, even though, and I'll never forget he told me, he said, Juke told him, how could I love you when I don't even love myself? When Juke okay. didn't call me, his mama was sick and needed some help. I'm like, girl, I thought I was being pranked. He going to call me talking about, I need you to take care of my mama. I said, you need me to do what? <laughs> you want me to do what? You want to send me money to take wow. care of your mama? You want me to help me take care of your son? You want me to do what? But you know what? I wouldn't have mistreated the woman, but yeah. But I had, seen, I had seen his mom, but I had not seen him. Now, when we talk mm-hmm. about grief, and why does grief hurt so much? Because grief begins in the brain, but it affects the whole body. The moment we learn of our loss, our brain triggers what's called the fight, flight, or freeze. And a lot of individuals may not be aware of that. This heightened state puts an extra stress on our organs and body functions, and we would usually experience it for a few minutes to 48 hours, but some individuals can hold on to that for a long time. Now, grief is an emotion of the lungs and the large intestines. Organs associated with the mental element and loss of any kind will often trigger a feeling of being energetically drained or having a difficult bowel function. Grief can stay with us for a while and can go unresolved until we decide to release it. That's why if you notice that sometimes, John, back in, even back in the day, when people were going to funerals, they were so medicated. Even the doctors would give you Valiums, Ativans, or something it was affecting us. It was not our bodies, but it was affecting people's bodies. That's why people seem like they don't yeah. when they have funerals. Penny, what were you about to say in regard to that? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't going to say. I was wasn't going to say anything. But yeah, like just keep talking. Yeah, keep talking. Now, I'm in the middle. I'm looking at some information, and it says. What is the hardest family member to lose? Some would say a child. But do you know this article says grief of the mother? It's one of the hardest things we face in life because mothers tend to hold families together. They are the ones who keep in touch with all the family members and spread the news around. They are the ones who arrange get together, keep the family home together. They said the loss of the mother. What is your take on that, Sean? Which family member would you have said was the hardest? You know what? I can only say the mother because that's who I've lost. But my, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, you know, just in my heart of hearts, I would think it would be a a child. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I know how hard it is for me without my mother. I just can't really imagine, you know, what I would be if it was one of my my children. So I mm-hmm. I, I still think I'm still gonna say a child. I, I think a child. Well, see, you know what? Penny got us beat because Penny lost a sibling. I never lost a sibling. Right. And sometimes that right. is hard. You get used to your sibling, especially. Yes, you have. And especially when you lose, because we lost it. Demetrius passed away at a young age, very oh, young age. Hold on, guys. 
So that was very yeah. unexpected. Sometimes, and I had a friend tell me Zay before he passed away, because me and Zay was we, was we was tight. We was that was that was hard. Even when Zay passed, some of my male friends was like, Janet, what you gonna do? Your 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 rock is gone. What you?" And I was like, "Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. That was rough for me, but I got through it." But mm-hmm. losing a sibling, and I'll never forget, Zay told me, he said, you know, Jeanette, losing my mother was hard. He said, but losing my brother was harder. And I, I didn't understand what he meant because I had never lost a sibling. But, Penny, what is that like, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but grieving a sibling? I know with a child you feel helpless, hopeless, well, I wish I could have, would have, when you lose a sibling. You know what? When we lost Mimi, that was devastation for our family. That was, when I say devastation, when people wasn't in that house and everybody wasn't there and everything, my parents to see my mother. I have never seen my mother cry but one time, and that's the day mm-hmm. after Mimi got killed. And she dropped a tear from her eye. And I told her, Mama, can't deal to see you cry over losing Mimi. Please, Mama. And she walked out of my, she said, okay, baby, and she walked away. That right there was devastation because it was so unexpected. He was so young. He had just turned his life around. That that hurt really bad. It, it, it hurt really bad. I can't even explain the feelings. And I felt so sorry for my brother. I felt so sorry for him because he was trying to become a man. At 21, he started to try to become a man. And he wanted to settle down and have a family. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was very devastating when we lost Mimi and how tragically we lost him. It's like, um, I still have a hole in my heart from that. Mm-hmm. Compared to when we just recently lost Van A., it was really sad. It was sad how it went for him. But I swear, when I say Vene accepted Christ and he had a relationship with God, that when I walked in the room and grabbed his hand and I told him it was okay, I felt a peace for him. I felt mm-hmm. peace. I didn't feel sorrow. I didn't feel sad. I felt Vene was ready to go, be with the Lord. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like he was telling me it's okay. Don't be sad. I did everything I could do on this earth, from being from being born to being raised to being bad to being good to experiencing my life with drugs to having my kids, and I love all of them. I felt he was at a peace in his life. I felt the mm-hmm. only thing that he didn't want to do was leave his kids mm-hmm. because he knew they weren't going to be able to handle it. But I just feel like, you know, he was at a peace. Van A was at a peace when he passed. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got another caller calling in. They call in four minutes before the show is over with. Okay, hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Pray Your Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio. Today we're talking about stress and grief. What would you like to add to the show? Number ended in 6 1. Well, first off, Jeanette, you got to remember my number more often. I can barely hear what you're saying. I said, Jeanette, you got to remember my phone number more often. 
Oh, you know what? Look, my vision is so bad. I really thought that said 714. Now I see it's 747. Okay, Mr. Ed. <laughs> 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 Mr. Ed, I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Look, I bet. I know when I told you I was going to call you if I, I didn't go home that night. I stayed up in L.A. and dealt with my sister, my daughter, and I drove home that Sunday. I, I appreciate you talking to me through the traffic getting there, but, yeah. But we're talking about stress and grief and how people grieve differently. It's okay to grieve the way you grieve. Don't worry about others' expectation of you grieving and the stress, good stress, bad stress, and the stress that people deal with and the stressors. And I'm looking at something, and Mr. And I want to ask you this part right here. It says how grief changes us. We talked about the sleep pattern, we talked about the eating, the overall energy, but personality changes. Some people become irritable, less patient, no longer having tolerance for things. Mr. Ed, what is your take on that of how stress or how grief can change people? Well, I believe that stress can um, um Depending on how deep it goes, uh, it could mm-hmm. temporarily change a person's uh, general character or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a major change. It could just be a temporary thing because of the grief, you know, period. Um, like, you know, seeing, you know somebody, somebody's close relative or loved one passes and they're really feeling it, you know, it can yes, it can affect their general personality or characteristics or whatever. But it's like again, it's a it's a temporary thing. But like I said, if it's really really deep in that person, it could be a, a prolonged change. Or uh-huh. in some people, on the extreme end, it could be a permanent change because there's been people that have literally changed totally total direction because of a loved one passing, like when a person's mother or grandmother or, you know, child or different things pass, you know, or spouse or whatever, they totally become a different person after that. You know? So it depends on how deep the, the grief goes and and their own their own chemical I mean their own mental makeup. That makes mm-hmm. sense? You know what, and that is true because a lot of that, when we talk about personality changes, is people do become more irritable. Some some can. Some become less patient. Now, when grieving becomes unhealthy, now complicated grief is like being in an ongoing heightened state of mourning because there's And it keeps individuals from healing. Signs and symptoms of complicated grief may include intense sorrow. I get, being a therapist, I have clients, and, and I tell individuals, I'm not a therapist that's good with working with people with depression. If you're dealing with depression, I am not the therapist for you. Because I like to laugh, I like to talk, I like to, if you're angry, deal with anger all day long. If you're mad at the world and you want to go kill somebody, oh, we can talk all day long. But if you're feeling sorry and depressed, it's not for me. I will refer you to somebody that can help you, but get some help. Because it can lead to symptoms are um, what you call um, suicidality, and then we have success of lethality. But when we're talking about intense sorrow, rumination over the loss of a loved one, if you have been dealing with this and you feel like you can't get out of bed 
or you feel like you are isolating yourself from other people, get some help. Get some help. Because some individuals have problems accepting the death. Some individuals can have a numbness or detachment, bitterness about the loss, feelings that life holds no meaning or purpose. I tell individuals that dash, meaning the year they were born and the year that they passed, that dash tells a lot, meaning what did they do with their life? How did they have an impact on other people's lives? So um, that's something that's, that's individualized. That's theirs. It's not yours. You don't have to stop living for somebody else to transition. Another thing is, and they talk about with the grief, is a lack of trust in others. Some individuals are afraid to bond and connect with other people after they've lost someone. The inability to enjoy life or think back on positive experience with your loved one. Now, complicated grief also may indicate, I mean, indicated if you continue to have troubles carrying out normal routines, isolate yourself from others, experience depression, deep sadness, guilt, self-blame, believe that you did something wrong, feel that life isn't worth living without the loved one, or wish you had died along with the loved one. There is a such thing, and I know that we are running out of time, but some individuals may have what's called survivor's guilt and not even realize it, meaning if you're in a car accident and you're the only survivor, you wonder, why me? Or something happened and other people die and you don't, survivor's guilt is real, and a lot of individuals are not aware of that. Now, if you have been having thoughts of suicide, meaning because at times individuals with complicated grief may consider suicide, that doesn't mean you will go be with that loved one. That doesn't mean I tell people suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Your problems are not that bad to the point to where you should feel you want to die. But if you feel it, you feel it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're thinking about suicide, talk to someone you trust. If you think you may act on it, the feelings, call 911. Go to or contact your local emergency room right away. There are suicide hotline numbers you can call. You can even text 988 seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So you also want to make sure that you, are, you, you know how and when to go get some help. Because complicated grief occurs more often in females and with older age individuals. And I want to share some factors that may increase the risk of developing complicated grief is an unexpected or violent death, such as the death from a car accident, a murder, a suicide of a loved one, because you want to target it towards someone, the death of a child, or mm-hmm. Of a deceased person, social isolation or loss of a support system or friendship, past history of depression, separation, anxiety, or post traumatic stress disorder, having a traumatic childhood experience such as abuse or neglect, or other major life stressors such as major financial hardship, is some of the things that can complicate things. Sean, anything you want to share with the listeners? Or give them some tips, tools, what's working well, for you. I, I, I can't give. I don't know if I can give a tip, but 
when you said the survivor's grief, is that what you call it? Survivor's, survivor's guilt. You know, I'm, I, I guilt. You know, I um, you no, know, I, I feel like I felt like that because I, I, I'm pretty sure because I'm afraid to so many people because um, I, when I had the cardiac arrest and it took them so long to revive me, literally hours, and they said that don't usually happen ever and come back in your right mind and everything. And then for my mother that has never been sick a day in her life and have a heart attack and go in 45 minutes, it made me feel some type of way. Well, God, how come you allow me to come back after hours? But you took my mother in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it bothered me. And it, 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 to be honest, it, it kind of still does. But, I, I, you know, I don't want to end my life and things like that. But I'm just saying that I do have that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, I've worked it so many times, and you know what? I don't think I can give advice on it because I, 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 none of that would be beneficial to anybody else. Because you know, mine is to keep going. Don't let nothing you down. Did. Keep going. You, did. you know what you did? You acknowledged it. A lot of individuals mm-hmm. don't acknowledge it. You acknowledged it, so that's a tip. Acknowledge it, like. Why you didn't take me all of my medical problems and conditions, but yet you took my mother? When she mm-hmm. had one heart. I tell individuals, I look at people that have had strokes. You know, I had a stroke in December. I didn't even know I had a stroke. Thank God I still got yeah. all of my, my limbs. I'm still moving around. I'm still. But yet, some people do deal with survivor's guilt. So I look at some individuals mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Wow, thank you, Jesus. I didn't ooh, these things happen, okay? Penny, what would you like the listeners to know before we end the show today? As stress and grief. And thank you I would just hearing. say... Call in if, talk to Penny. If, <laughs> hello? I said you need to call in more mm-hmm. often. See, it ain't that bad. Some people be shy. It's tall. not. It's not. It's, <laughs> and I love your show, so I'm going to make it a point to start calling in more. But I want to say this to who all that's listening. If you're dealing with depression and grief, being alone is not the way. First of all, Mm -hmm. you must get up and you must pray to God and build a relationship with him. And you you must give all your grieving and your problems to him. Second, if you're a person that likes to have a goal, Get up the house. Go to the museum. Go do something. Take yourself to lunch. Treat yourself to a massage. If you're a person that sits home and um, put on comical movies, listen to some music, get your instincts going. Never give yourself a dull moment. Never give yourself a dull moment and things to keep your brain active. Because if you sit there, you're going to get into depression, and you're going to be sad. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to the people that don't want to go to a psychiatrist and seek help. There are methods and ways to understand and get yourself through. But the key is God. The key mm-hmm. is God. Without him, so remember mm-hmm. that the next time you have an anxiety, you feel in the way, start praying. Open up your Bible and put on a gospel song and plead the blood of Jesus because the enemy don't like when you say that in your house. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say. 
God bless y'all. I love y'all. And Jeanette, keep doing what you're doing because people need to hear this and discuss it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, like I, mm-hmm. I don't do this. I do it to share and spread the information. So not about me. I'm sitting up here now. My clients are texting me like, uh, we still meeting at 3 o'clock. I forgot all about my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there like, i right I'm gonna be doing a I'm gonna be doing a couples counseling session. Then I uh Jeanette, uh what about us? Okay. Mr. Ed, what would you like to leave the listeners with before we end the show today? Um, it's just um one thing I wanna say. I just wanna say that um when because um, things happen in life, they're inevitable. Um and of course the older you get, um, the more you realize those things. Um, like when you're a youngster, you don't think much about mortality and things of that nature. But as you grow older and friends and relatives around you start passing away, mm-hmm. then you become more and more aware of mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you also realize the um, inevitability of people passing away or leaving you or even your time coming eventually, you know. And it does kind of put you in a different mindset if you see it, recognize it, and don't let it just get you down. Because uh-huh. you got a lot of people will will worry. You know, uh-huh. hello. You know, that, that's my that's my that's, that that was my last brother. That was my sister. That was my mother. That was my cousin. That was my close friend. We was in high school together. Now he, all my friends in high school are now passed on. That means I'm next, you know. And then they're worried, you know, <laughs> you know. But that you doesn't what, that is matter true. because because so, because because you can have five friends in high school and everybody can pass away but you, and you can live be thirty years older than any of them. That's okay, true. there's a whole lot. I know, I know a lot of 90-year-old people that say all their friends passed away 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. See? So just because everybody else around you is dropping, that doesn't mean you're next you know, in the near future. You can still, you know, you got, you, got, you, got, you got to continue on until you can. I like that. I like so that's, that. Well, why is it waiting so for me? It. Let me get ready for this. Start <laughs> off late. But thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, and I will be on tomorrow at 6. Don't know what I'm talking about yet, but we'll figure something out. And, Mr. A, when I'm done, I'll give you a call in case you got a topic for tomorrow. So let me get ready for the session. And thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate you. I really do. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. Okay. God bless everybody. <laughs>